Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Between the Legs, a podcast about those in the motorcycle community and those who contribute to it. I'm your host, Sarah Taylor. In this episode, Noah and James tell us about Low Tide Motors, a DIY garage out in Red Hook that they opened along with Davey and Andrew. We hear how they all met, the environment they've cultivated, and the nonsense they get into. I hope you enjoy. Thank you for listening. And then the interview starts. Yeah, and then, okay, so, hi, my name is Noah Chamis, um, and this is... This is James Henshaw. <laughs> and and we're, two, we're two of the four owners like, of Low Tide Motors. Who are the other two? Um, we have uh, Andrew Cashian and Mr. Professor Emeritus David Whitcraft, who is representing us on the West Coast at the, at the moment. That's an intense name. Yeah. Is he actually a professor? He's a professor, yeah. yeah Davy, how shout out to Davy. I'm shout not. Shout out to Davy. Yeah, I think he's still teaching. Although right now, I think he's actually a corner marshal at Sonoma Raceway. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> took took a break from teaching. I'm not entirely sure. He's always kind of teaching. Uh, but he's <laughs> mostly also, racing these but days. But he's mostly yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's mostly racing. He teaches like industrial design. No. Oh, fuck, man, he's gonna yell at me you later. Guys are supposed to be no, we are really, we are, we, we are, are. But there's so much stuff. Wait, that he also is like a very. This is this whole thing is going to be about Davy, who's not going to be talking. Um, <laughs> he he teaches art and design and, and theory, and uh, he was teaching at Pratt before, and now I forget what, He's what college. He's back at his alma mater, which I am blanking. Of course, I feel yeah, like I should. We're very be. good friends, Davy. Yeah, Hi, we, we miss you. Yeah, we love Davy. Uh, <laughs> we talk <laughs> often. It's we, okay we that we curse, right? This is yeah, all right. Yeah. Cool. I, oh yeah, I forgot to ask that. Um, children listen, then, that's then their parents. Listen. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's on the parents at that point. Um, yeah. So yeah. So there's the four of us, um, and Andrew might stop by later. I'm not. Pr- yeah, probably not. Um, but Andrew, yeah. If you're listening. Andrew, fuck you, you shit. <laughs> um, How did you guys meet? How did low tide low tide happen? Um, well, I guess before we introduce the Lone Ranger Henshaw into the equation, I guess I can give a little bit of the backstory um, before, because it's kind of a funny thing. Like James, I feel like James and I have become such good friends, but before we started Low Tide, we had never met each other. Uh, but okay, that's jumping ahead. Anyway, so Davey, Andrew, and myself, we were all part of a, another motorcycle garage whose name we will not mention in this podcast, even though they're very lovely people. Um, we all were at this garage and we wanted to kind of start our own thing that was maybe a little bit more uh uh how do i put this politely yeah chill or warm and fuzzy um i don't know i have a lot of opinions about the motorcycle community that I, i will spare your listeners um but i just feel like a lot of the times it can be very standoffish and there's maybe clicky to some regards obviously you know there's big events and like sometimes like oh who are those guys over there and blah 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 and whether or not that's like that's just my opinion i'm generalizing of course not to say that that's how it is but that's how i've always felt about it in new york city and so we all had this common idea of like well we'd like to start a shop that is like completely non-pretentious and just like is a space where if you don't know shit about anything no one's gonna like 
look at you stupid and I mean, you know, just try to be helpful as possible and um, just kind of steer clear of all of the things that the three of us kind of didn't care for in the quote unquote motorcycle community. Um, and so we're like, all right, fuck it. We're going to start our own shop. We don't have uh, really any idea. At the time, a few people were like, oh, you should probably not do that. It's harder than you think. And we're like, how hard can it be? <laughs> and um, it's just a room with motorcycles in it. And yeah, but that it's, can't be difficult at all. No, there's a, um, and you know, we all are, uh, we all work full-time jobs. This is not like something we do to make money. It was just like, it's, it was kind of like solving, you know, solving the problem that all these garages solve where it's like, we live in New York city, real estate, real estate's a premium, but we want to have a place where we can like drink beers and do burnouts and not get yelled at by people who may not agree with how we like to enjoy motorcycles. Um, and you know, whatever that entails, riding or not riding, wrenching, blah, blah, blah. And so, yeah, so we just pulled the trigger and spent more money than we probably should have responsibly, um, to like, to start this thing. And it was actually really tricky to like find a place that was nice. Um, How many did you look at before you found this one? Yeah. Oh yeah. We're located 50 Van Dyke street, Red Hook, New York, Brooklyn, uh, 11237. Uh, if you want to stop by, um, but we looked at, I don't know, maybe a dozen and to like find, uh, find a place that kind of checked off all the boxes was really difficult. There's, a few communal garages in the city, they're all very wonderful, but I'm sure, you know, if you're listening, you know them, and they're kind of in areas that don't really allow you to do certain things, like if you are trying to tune your carburetors, and you need to rip on your engine and rev things for a few hours outside, you might not be able to get away with that in certain parts of Brooklyn these days, just depending on, you know, yeah. what's, what's happened in that neighborhood. Maybe 10 years ago, sure, but... So we were lucky enough to find this place down here after uh, a few months of searching. And if you guys haven't been down here, we have a big yard and we're down in Red Hook, which is a great neighborhood. We do have neighbors who we love and try to respect, but also it kind of gives us a little bit of freedom to, you know, have very slow drag races in the street and rev our engines if we need to and the occasional party burnout and the occasional very large party. So it kind of worked out in our favor. The, the outdoor space, we have this big yard, which we have filled with a ton of junk. Um, a lot of it is, I don't know, some people would say it's silly, but you know, we at one time felt we needed a hot tub. So we just bought a hot tub um, yeah, and, and, and an Airstream and a limousine and all of these things have very little to do with a motorcycle garage, but uh, I don't know, they're fun. I think. Maybe that's the core of the low tide was that we were just, it's a really irresponsible outlet for us to sink a bunch of money and time into with the pure goal of like making it a nice place and that's it. I don't know. It seems like you guys have a lot of fun here. Like it's just for like-minded people who want to, you know, yeah. move around, love motorcycles. And yeah. I mean, we have a lot of people that don't ride that much, right. but... And, you know, sometimes, I mean, I get a lot of shit from a few of our members because I don't really ride that much anymore. I'm more of like, I like taking engines apart and big, building them back together. And like, that's like my thing. But like, that's an okay thing. Like a lot of people have their own reasons for having the, their bikes and what they do with them. And, you know, not everyone's like going out to Bear Mountain every weekend. Some people just want to take engines apart and spend a ton of money and never ride the thing. And that's totally fine. How did you guys Oh yeah, so that's yeah. So I guess I don't you you James, you were trying to start your own garage way yeah. before, like probably at the same time, right? 
I had also uh, simultaneous. I hadn't been a part of a garage. I had moved here, uh, and from Ro- Rochester, right? From Rochester, yeah, upstate. If anyone knows far the far western regions of New York, uh, <laughs> there's a city called Buffalo, and there's a city called Rochester. I'm from Rochester. Buffalo is like the farthest west. You know they have the uh, National Scrabble Tournament in Buffalo? Really? Yeah. Whoa, every year? I, it's like some random fact I learned with a friend because we were really into Scrabble for a little bit. Wow. Yeah. So it's possible if you get back into Scrabble to that level, you may find yourself How in do they Buffalo do that? that? Any idea how, what kind of volume of people? Oh, no, it? that's the extent of <laughs> oh, all right. I, but I'm admittedly now going to go look this up because, like, much like a, I just in my mind I pictured chess tournaments of like a, a stadium full of dudes smoking pipes and it's like really quiet. I feel like Scrabble yeah. is not like that. I just imagine oh, like a it's like oh. oh shit he pulled out the Z fuck yeah um, I bet they get pretty rowdy. Uh, I don't know. Just like drinking twisted teas or something. I, yeah. well, I just like for my I don't know Scrabble. I feel like for me is that kind of game that really devolves quickly much like monopoly into a lot of infighting and screaming and ending of friendships anyway back to the motorcycle garage yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so back to the motorcycle side yeah so i'm i'm from an hour away from buffalo in rochester and uh, i actually grew up with a lot of the tooling that you see around the shop in the garage in my parents house so we had a oversized two-car garage and then for some reason my mom put up with my dad building a uh, 3,000 square foot barn. Uh, so I pretty much That's came sick. from I having, that. yeah, we, we had everything. Uh, so I was really fortunate growing up and I used to always joke that we didn't go on vacations because my dad bought tools instead. <laughs> so we could just do everything at home like construction, working on cars or motorcycles. So I grew up riding dirt bikes and, uh, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. So we, we didn't have new dirt bikes and the deal was you know when you're nine ten years old uh you can't legally work and make money nor can you really do much in a farm type community to actually make any money under the table because you're too small uh so my dad had this deal with my brother and i that we could have we could each have a dirt bike uh and he would buy the parts but we had to essentially work off the cost we had to do all the work so we had all the tools, so it was easy enough, and that just turned into, like, my brother and I essentially working for my dad for free for years. <laughs> nice. Uh, so Good for dad, though. Yeah. Like getting you in early. Shouts to my dad on that one. Yeah. Builds character. It does. It sure does. <laughs> yeah. And then you lose tools at a young age, and you learn what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> Those 10-millimeter wrenches and sockets. Yeah, they're they somewhere. Yeah, they're somewhere. One's in the yard. That's somewhere. actually what's at the end of a rainbow. It's just like a, ten, a, a, a five-gallon Lowe's bucket full of 10-millimeter box yeah. opening wrenches and sockets, and that's it. <laughs> uh. So, anyways, I grew up with everything, basically. And then when I wanted to move to a city, um, I actually lived for a little while kind of part-time in Chicago. I was dating a girl that lived there and we were actually on our way to a football game to like go meet some friends and watch football and we were at this intersection in an uber and we just happened to catch a red light and i looked over and there was this uh old garage and it was in this neighborhood that is very similar to a lot of neighborhoods in brooklyn where there's basically you know there's no real estate that isn't developed and this was this small old garage i remember they had um the chicago cubs flag in the window and there was kind of a small lot and it was probably like a three bay garage and i thought damn if that was if that's still open and you have people in this community that wanted to work on their own things 
they could just go like what if it was just a membership type based garage and you could just go and work on your stuff so you kind of don't need to have all these tools stuffed in your closet or wherever you can try to keep them so that was the beginning of the idea for me and then I didn't know what where I was gonna land ended up coming to New York once I was here I kind of decided okay well I have all this experience I know there's other people here that have motorcycles and want to work on them but there's no way all of us have space in these tiny shoebox apartments to have all of our tools much like Noah and Andrew and Davey started looking for space as well uh, and I looked at a whole bunch of stuff and I actually got close to a space in, uh, get, getting a lease on a space in East Williamsburg but they didn't like the idea that uh, my business had to have 24 my like the clients if you will of meaning the members of the shop had to have 24 7 access so that didn't work <laughs> so a few weeks later I found this space and I came and looked at it and our landlords were using a broker to show the space and when I came he mentioned to me that there were some other guys that were looking for the shop space for something to do with motorcycles, and he, he couldn't quite remember exactly what it was. So technically, these guys looked at the space maybe like a week before I did. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, wow. So You could have just left them out. Of the we could have. Yeah. Left but then low tight wouldn't be what it is. Yeah. Thanks, Noah. I appreciate that. I had looked at the space. I wasn't quite sure. I live in North Brooklyn. I was just kind of thinking, okay, it's going to be a bit of a trek back and forth all the time but it's manageable uh and then i was at work one day and the broker texted me he just texted me um davies he sent me a text and i think he just said david whitcraft and a phone number and i messaged him back i said hey greg i think you maybe messaged the wrong person this is james and he said no 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 you should reach out to him i think that these guys are looking to do something similar to what you're doing so then got on the phone, I think actually with Andrew first, and then that week, Davey was like in Sweden or something? Uh, holidays? Does that sound Yeah, right? he might have been in Sweden. It's probably Switzerland. Oh, Switzerland, sorry. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. So we ended up getting on like a Skype call that weekend, uh, and we quickly realized that all of us had the exact same goal in mind. I just wasn't coming from a shop where it sounds like the shop that these guys were at prior had some politics and, you know, maybe some egos and things of that nature. <laughs> And uh, we all wanted to just have a carefree place. And so that was how we, next thing you know, we, we made a lease. We signed a lease. Yay. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> I, it, it was actually very serendipitous because we, we looked at this place and we're like, oh, shit, this place is perfect. It's got this big ass yard. It's like down. It's not there anymore. I mean, it's still a lot, but across the street was just like a lot full of buses oh, yeah. that dudes were working on and like yeah. a bunch of crazy rowdy dogs and um, like a oh, really... Well, you know, it was just, it's, it's perfect. And like, uh, Kano cycles is down the block who, you know, he makes wonderful motorcycles and this, this whole area is just like, it's, it's, it's like a great area. We're like, fuck, this place is perfect, but, uh, it, we're, we can't, we can't afford it. And so our, our broker was like, oh, there's this dude. And we're like, oh shit. So yeah, dude, we just, we all met up at a bar one night, Rocky Sullivan's yeah. shout out to Rocky's. Um, and we kept it very local. Yeah. We and went to Sunny's too and had a beer there. That's, oh, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. And then the rest was history. We're like, all right, let's just, hi stranger. Let's open up a business together. And then. Right, because this whole process was very adult and responsible. Yeah, I was gonna, yeah. I was um, gonna add a lot of people would ca- probably call us responsible. Yeah, no, I mean, I, at least I say it a lot. This place is is nothing more really than a passion project. Like we do, we talk about that a lot. Yeah, it's like we do try to keep everything transparent with everyone. It's like this 
is not a money making enterprise. We do not make money here. We're not trying um, to print cash. Like we, we, this is it. Solely is to it. Like it's a, a self sustaining environment, and you know we all put a bunch of money into the beginning, and now it sustains itself. And it's, I don't know. It brings me a lot of happiness just because for so long in, in the city, like having like spent years doing oil changes in the gutter and like you know trying to trying to find a place to like like how do you change a tire by yourself if you don't have a garage it's like impossible so it's like to see to like see all of our members like figure out how to do these things because there's a space for them to be able to do it in to me is it's very rewarding um just because i don't know i i know that frustration and i don't wish it upon anyone um and i think a lot of the members have all Everybody in some way, shape, or form has felt that frustration yeah. many times probably prior. I didn't join a communal garage until like one time me and my friend John were changing oil on his BSA and like the bike got like hit by a car while we were underneath <laughs> oh it and like destroyed, like the center stand like busted his middle finger like in half and like the car almost hit my head and was like, this fucking sucks. I need to join <laughs> one of these communal garages. And I, we all have our full-time jobs. We all make enough money to to make do i probably should have put money in savings but instead we have a vapor hone and lifts because these are all you know mill and a lathe and like this stuff sure maybe doesn't get used that much but it's here and like i don't know for me it's a personal bit of pride that like if you want to do something here you can probably do it if you read enough and watch enough youtube videos and, and if we don't and talk to talk to people who have done stuff before mm-hmm. there's i mean this garage is filled with people with different experiences and yep. there's you know two-stroke specialists and guys who race motocross and harley dudes and Brit- i'm like the resident british bike guy and um yeah there's a lot there's always yeah. one yeah there's always one sucker who likes spending a lot of money on a bunch of shitty old bikes um but yeah, so it's like this, I don't know, I, I like that this place has become like a, who knows how many years of experience is stewing in this joint. Um, and, you know, we try to make it that everyone feels comfortable talking to each other. We have this like online Slack forum yeah. that... Um, That's kind of, I don't know if any other shops are doing that, I don't, that I'm aware of. I'm not, me neither. Wouldn't um, be surprised, but I don't know if anyone And you guys should if, if you don't, because it's really helpful for people. It's like, hey, does anyone know how to change fork seals or something? And then like four people chime in and um, you're or no longer just, doing the project by yourself. It's like actually trying to make a community of people who, yeah. if they can't physically help you, can like offer... I don't know, their two cents and how they fucked up and what bolt they stripped while doing it. So, um, Yeah, there's a lot of resource sharing, yeah. where to look for things. We have a library, you know, yeah. of service manuals and racing shit. And um, and I don't know, it's, it's, it's all small stuff. We have a Coke machine that doesn't work, but it's cool. It's where we keep our radio on top of. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's definitely an irresponsible financial endeavor, but... It's fucking fun. I don't know. I have a lot of fun down here. Yeah. How do you guys come up with low tide? Hoping this place doesn't go underwater. Came up with the name before um, before we found this place actually. And me and Davey were just like riffing on ideas for names and This was before the, this is before, this we, before met. we met. It was before that night at Rocky Sullivan's. Yeah, I was like, man, you know, all these stupid names, I don't know, like Rocket, blah, you know, whatever you think of, like motorcycle related, like something. With a million iterations. Yeah. And then I, I think Davey and I were talking, and then Low Tide was one of them, and I was just like, man, everything stinks at Low Tide. And then we're like, ooh, that's actually kind of funny.
Yeah, there's no real reason for the name other than it sounded funny. It sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. We're like, okay, this name's available. Bought the domain. That's it. That's how we're going to be. But yeah, go daddy. Thank you, daddy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the Instagram was available. Yeah, so that too. Yeah. The, you know, the two primary components of any sort of business these days. You got to have the social factor. Yeah. So this is your passion project between all four of you. To simplify it, I would say that ourselves and our members, it's like we have a whole list of rules that we almost adhere by. You know, everyone's equal, top and bottom. Yeah. But I think like the core tenet of our rules is that if you're not a dick and you don't piss off your neighbors, you can do what you want. You know, if you 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 pay for one spot, but if you can fit two bikes in one spot and you don't fuck with your neighbor's shit and they're cool with it, then that's fine and we don't really care. So um, that kind of kind of applies to us too it's like you know andrew's got the limo and the airstream and we built the deck and we got a hot tub and we got a big old trailer and some of those purchases were discussed before and some of them weren't and um you know at the end of the day we try to talk things out and i don't know there's no we we try to keep it egalitarian i guess but uh, yeah i mean i'd say especially when it comes to shop related but andrew you need to clean your fucking shit up dude (laughs) There's airstream shit everywhere. Yeah, right it's now. literally everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, Thank God the limo project isn't active too. No, I know the limo project is. Everywhere. Well, that'll be easier. Yeah, but when it comes to the actual shop stuff, because I think uh, I forget the timing of it, but I want to say Andrew was already in process on the airstream purchase before we really got going, or yeah. right around when we got going. Yeah, I think so. I forget, and so that I kind of think of the the airstream and the limo as separate items but when it comes to for example the the tooling and the machinery that's usually pretty much a conversation between all of us and then i would say between the four of us right yeah we're, we're like the ones buying how it. much money do we want to spend out of pocket this month for dumb shit and right. then then we come to that decision and then it's majority you know rules rule. yeah yeah pretty um, much always and all and then for the membership all the dudes and gals here um you know if they have a problem with something, they you know can express their opinions. And before before COVID kind of you know put the kibosh on so many things in the world, um, we were kind of we were implementing um, like a co-op cleaning thing. So it's like every week, you know, you're kind of responsible to like just come down here for a few hours, and we would you know wipe down the lifts and drink some beers, and it would give everyone a chance to kind of like talk about maybe things that they wanted that if someone wants a tool for their bike and if we don't have it we'll just buy it just so that we have it Uh, granted that is slowed down a little bit because we are all broke right now thanks covid um (laughs) but but yeah so like the whole decision making we try to keep it communal we try to let everyone have their voice in the matter we try to encourage people to be creative and and work on whatever it is that they want to work on the shop is no problem taking on some of those expenses when it means that people can do what they want. I'm really happy with like the community that we built here and all of these dudes. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy to say that I would consider them all friends. A lot of them have made friends with themselves. They go on rides. They like, What's that thing where you do the cones? Jim Connor. Jim Connor. Yeah. yeah, there's a, but a bunch of members doing I that at Floyd Bennett. I literally just learned about this like two weeks ago. Motorcycle Jim Connor. Yeah. yeah. There's, there might Forgive be a my ignorance. Yeah. Name for it, but it is something. I think it's like something like moto related Jim Connor. Yeah, where they're doing all cool. Yeah, they up. just set up a course and a few. So, actually, that's another thing that we can we can talk about a little bit is that 
I don't know if it really exists as, as much at other garages, but we, we have a couple guys uh, that, that ride off-road and race off-road. We have Davey, who, like we said, is holding us down. He's um, running the West Coast, the West Coast Racing Organization. Yep. yep. It's not an yeah. organization. It's just him. It's um, just him. <laughs> racing every, He's planting he the seeds for the Low Tide Motors West Coast Racing Organization. Exactly. And then we have people here that yeah. have been racing, and a couple of guys have gotten into they've they've bought bikes some people have been actually a good amount of people go to track days and now we've actually i've started to notice seen a little bit of an increase in people having interest in going to track days which i think all of us there's a few yeah there's a few track bikes i think tim's got that honda whatever that is and then Mm -hmm. um axel's got the r3 right yeah r3 and i think andre has a bike or fz i'm not sure yeah yeah so we have a few guys that are kind of getting into it and getting and that's actually uh so so one of our members that we just mentioned axel he just picked up an r3 for a track bike and he's been going uh he and some others have been going out and doing this gymkhana setup just to i think for him he wants to get really comfortable on the bike so that he I think maximizes the time, you know, his time at the track when he starts going. And that's something that we do try to encourage. Uh, you know, I think all of us deep down would love to, you know, you can, you can ride around however you want in New York city. You can be a bit lawless. Right. But the real fun is if you, if you can just ride on a track and go as fast as you want with really no, risk of somebody you know running a red light and yeah hitting you or something and i don't like know i kind of like that actually that, that's a different <laughs> level of risk but but yeah that's something that we tried at dave so that was really something davey wanted to push hard yeah and, and he's kind of the he spearheaded that and then he got this job out west so he's moved but again i think one thing that works really well for us in having this slack channel we miss Davey, and, and, and it's definitely clear that he's not, his presence isn't quite at what it used to be because he's not here physically. You've but, abandoned us. Yeah, you abandoned us. <laughs> but it's nice because he can be on, you know, a couple of these guys, like I said, have just gotten track bikes, and they have a lot of questions about what they need to do, you know, how, how best to spend their time to get ready to go to the track and be the most effective, or, yeah. or let it be the most effective. Davey always will like jump in and have some sort of advice. And so it's great because even though he's not here right now, he's still contributing to that credit and sorry to interrupt, but like, um, that's another thing. Like we, we try to like, you can leave low tide, you can cancel your membership, but you yeah, don't, you don't have to leave. You can yep. stay with, you know, come hang out and stay active with our conversations and stuff. We don't, we don't ever want anyone to leave because we need to pay the bills. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but no, every, everyone's, you know, everyone's still, there's people who have not been in the shop for like a year yep. that still, you know, they might be selling gear or they know a good ride or they're yep. going to the track. They're looking for buddies. So. Yeah, we really do actually try to push the community aspect quite a bit. And, and yeah, Whether or not we succeed, I don't know. The membership will have to tell us. Yeah, um, yeah. But... The lots of... <laughs> so you mentioned that you know, the garage is filled with dudes. Do you have any non-male Dudettes? Members? Yeah, we do. Yes, we have Kimber, who's uh, got a little CB200 over there. And um, she's a very cool dudette. Yes, uh, as well as also she has a bunch of mopeds, too. I think she and her boyfriend, Joe, have a bunch of mopeds, if I'm not mistaken. How do you make it for those who, I mean, I'm a very outgoing person, right? Yeah. Like, I have no issue. I grew up wanting to hang out with the boys because they did all the dumb stuff and parts are funny, right? Yeah. So, Universally, yes. <laughs> yeah. Universally. Yeah. So for people who might find that a boys club or how it's perceived on the outside, like, how do you, how do you break down those barriers for people? Gee, I, that's a hard question. Like, how do you get, how do you, like, break down the perceived walls of a boys club? In my mind, low tide, like this shop exists as like 
you know, a place where everyone can come and, and be together. And it's like, you're here and we're all drinking the same shitty beer together and that's it. I guess admittedly, we probably don't do a good job of getting people to come to the door. But if you come through the door, it's very easy for us to be like, hey, this is the shop. These are the people here. This is our community. You know, as much as everyone kind of rags on Revel, they're great. I, we fuck th- taxis. Sorry, TLC, but fuck, fuck you fuck guys. You, I never yeah. want to pay that much money to go like a mile again. Get fucked. But my point, be, my point being with Revel is that I, I agree. 100% it's hard to break into motorcycling if you're inexperienced, and I guess in that same regard, you know, a woman in in, in a quote unquote man male dominated passion or hobby or whatever you want to call motorcycling but like the revel is now as somewhat irresponsible as the whole thing might be a way for people who have not ridden a two-wheel vehicle at 25 miles an hour in yep. the city it's a bicycle's one thing but um you know those things are squirrely and fast and oh, you can you yeah, can start quick. to get the thrill of a bike a yeah. motorcycle on that thing so yeah i i actually think like i I hope that it can like be a, a good bridge that we've talked about it a little bit internally like about trying to work with them. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, we kind of not no contact you revel, but we will. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We've talked about it. We've considered it. Uh, yeah, we're coming for you. We we're kind of, we sat tight for a little bit there. Cause you know, and, and you know, all respect to the, the families because there were a couple of deaths and they had to shut service down for a bit. And, I think we had been thinking about it for a while because I, I guess I jokingly would call Revel a gateway drug now. Yeah, that's a good they're, way of putting so it. They're so simple, right? You don't have to, Revel goes around and swaps the batteries out. You don't even have to worry about charging it because it's electric. You're not worried about whether you're male or female. If you've never ridden, like no, the way Noah just described it was great. If you've never ridden a two-wheeled vehicle at speeds more than like 10 miles an hour uh, or 15 miles an hour like a bicycle in my opinion it's very frictionless you just download the app if you have to now you have to do safety training but it's not even that difficult and then you jump on these things and you start riding them and you realize how easy it is and how great it is to not only commute uh, in a place like new york city but also they're fucking fun yeah because they're so quick i'm sure you know a lot of i I mean a lot of people who ride motorcycles, I know, hate people who ride Revels because they ride them like assholes. But I do think that it's a good step in, like, you Moving know. the progression. Well, we live in a city, like, New York City rules. However, if you go to, like, any European city, you'll mm-hmm. notice that motorcycles, you can park on the sidewalk in front of the bar downtown where you can't get a car to. Yeah. And every fucking motorcycle rider in the world would love that same bullshit and <laughs> not have to worry about getting ticketed and towed. Yeah. So if this shitty fucking you know, rider on this shitty revel is like the tiniest baby step to both more people riding motorcycles and understanding how great two wheel transportation is and like helping to move a city along to a more, you know, environmentally friendly solution of two wheel transportation, whether that be motorcycles or electric scooters or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think it's great. I hope that it, it helps a lot of people realize how sick, you know, motorcycles, motorcycles are. are. Yeah. And, we, <laughs> I think when, when they first opened, when Rebel first started, I think I remember being here on, on a weekend and there were a few of us here and we were joking about how if you ride motorcycles, these are kind of these like toys. But also, it, it was basically like hand in hand, same conversation. We would joke like, oh, these, these things are so goofy and, and whatever. And then immediately after, we're saying, 
But have you ridden one yet? They're actually super fucking fun. A Revel may or may not have gone off a jump and gotten air in the low tide parking lot. I cannot either confirm nor deny that there have been <laughs> some uh, Revel some antics in, yeah. in Red Hook, but um, uh, you cannot burn them out because they have a switch that yeah, doesn't let you do that. That was do one that. of the first things um, I tried too, actually. But you can jump them, I think. That's what someone told me at least. Yeah, I think I've heard I, that I'm too. Not sure. I'm not I've sure. If you, you can, yeah hypothesizing revel could be or is to an extent if if we if there's a partnership with a community garage like low tide and people that are using revels are here for whatever reason maybe it's just the safety training because we have a yard and we could maybe like block off this block uh, where we are on van dyke street and people could ride around in a super safe environment for their first time riding but if you if you're doing that here in the lot at low tide for example and you see that there's a garage full of motorcycles, maybe in your head you think, whoa, this is so cool, and that's where I'm gonna be in a little bit. Do you guys have any other plans for low tide, you know, once COVID has? We're gonna have a really sick party. Yeah. Well, and the beer's gonna be sense? free. Yeah. Well, the beer's usually free at our parties. If you haven't been to our parties, you're missing out. You definitely um, stop by, yeah, they're always fun. <laughs> But, it's always cheap um, And seltzer for those who don't drink. Um, yeah. We actually have a... And you shouldn't be drinking while riding motorcycles ever. Um, you know, we, we definitely would have had a bunch of events already this year. Yeah, I mean, our Halloween party last year, I don't really remember, and I apologize uh, no, for whoever I... In, it, it was it, great. It, well, oh, man. We set the jukebox on fire. Yeah. Um, is that why the jukebox isn't here? Yeah. Well, it wasn't working. Just, to, just if anyone... Yeah, it was really cool, and then I don't know. It just wasn't working. Someone thought of the bright idea of of a fundraiser event of like you know you can smash it, smash it for a dollar, and so that was mid party week um, that came up with that. Yeah, at that point, I think I don't remember anything anymore. Um, There was jungle juice. uh, There was there part of the reason that Noah's saying that he doesn't. Yeah, there was. I don't know. There's still some terrible remnants of that party over there on that yeah. cart. Um, but, yeah, I, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to have the Halloween party this year because it wouldn't be responsible. Um, but I hope that whenever, you know, we can all get together again that we'll have a big old party. And uh, for a long time, I mean, I've always wanted to – we have, a f- like, a few members recently. We've been talking about, like, fun events that we can do in the future. And, like, Max, who's got this Sportster chopper that he's been working on, We've been talking about like going to swap meets, and mm-hmm. we're like, "Well, shit! Why don't we just have a swap meet in the yard?" And sure. um, the Moto Marketplace. Shout out to Moto Marketplace. We had that last year, yeah. uh, which was a lot that of fun. That was super fun. Yep. Um, and you know, we'd love if they wanted to come back next time. They can do that. Mm. Yeah. Just to like, you know, I don't know. So maybe swap meets, some marketplace stuff. I have. We we tried we tried with the with the Halloween show to have like a. Oh, a bike show. Like a, you know, a bullshit bike show. Like, show what you got. Um, it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be nice. Um, and That's so... the guy who won the Lomo ride, right? Uh, he won... There were different... Yeah, prizes. there was different categories. Because we did some Vaporhone. Yeah. Indian Bob got, yep. got some... Vaporhone work. Yeah. And... Um, Gosh, I can't I don't remember even remember. One what? Did somebody... Yeah, someone did... There were prizes. Win, uh, a night, a, a night, I guess. Yeah, a, a chauffeured limo ride. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How has running low tide influenced who you guys are now? Whoa, that's a deep. Question. That's deep. 
Uh, I think it's changed me in in many regards because I too fell, you know, kind of victim of like the tropes of motorcycling where I hated other motorcycles like that I don't really know anything about and like admittedly I'm a, I don't own a motorcycle that's older than 1992 and I have a bunch of them and you know most most of the bikes that I have because I'm, I have a sickness and I hoard them are from the 60s and 70s and so you know I look at a lot of I, maybe like two years ago before we started low tide I would look at like a FZ or you know a CBR I'd be like that thing sucks and I hate it and it's all plastic and it's bullshit and I just because that bike sucks I hate that person that rides it because they're probably a douche but I know it's a terrible thing but I think low tide has you know it's one thing to be in a garage with a bunch of other people and like those walls are still up but for me it's changed me where it's like okay the motorcycles are all puzzles and they all have different pieces and they're all fucked up and they're all super fun and um, it's kind of changed my opinions on the world and broken those barriers. That's, I would argue, the biggest change. Um, the second biggest change would be my bank account is empty. Um, but just changing how I, how I think about things. And actually, it actually brought me to a place that I wanted Low Tide to be, which was like a completely pretension and judgment-free judgment zone even though I still give people a little bit of shit every now and then when they bring in some garbage. Um, Andre. Um, <laughs> just kidding. No. But yes, that's, that's how it's changed me. James, I take it away. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I'll say um, we do actually give, we, we definitely give each other a hard time. And actually, there was a period of time when we were doing the, the what, what we were calling kind of a community work shift, but it's not really wasn't really a work shift and it was it was about keeping the shop clean but it also Noah talked a little bit about this earlier the best part for I think for Davey and Noah and Andrew and I who were the the organizers of it is that you know we would spend an hour maybe cleaning up the shop but then you'd hear people starting side conversations and talking about things their bikes you know or oh you know did you watch this race etc and then that's when we would just like crack the cheap beers and everybody hang out and so it was actually more about just getting people together and it was really fun to see uh the friendship start to to grow a little bit and people just connecting with people that maybe they had messaged on slack but hadn't really met yet and all that and also we <laughs> i think noah and davy and i specifically if any two of the three or if the three of us were here during a work shift, we would just endlessly run our mouths to each other, <laughs> literally just talking the most absurd shit to, to each other about everything, poking fun about whatever it was. And I think that that was really fun because... All good natured and good. All good natured. Yeah. yeah, it really showed everybody. The members would just be there. You know, they would just be laughing as if it was a comedy show that we were putting on while we were cleaning and organizing. I think they were just laughing at us, James, and probably just laughing at us. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I told myself they thought it was a comedy show. Yeah. But uh, you know, it was fun because it broke down barriers. And I think one of the big things, a couple of the big takeaways I've had in the last coming up on two years now of of low tide being in existence is that oh wow, two years. Yeah, we're coming up on it quick. Man. Um, Happy early birthday, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Time really flies when, holy shit. Yeah. Anyway. Bank counts are down, but funds <laughs> up. And that's what's important. <laughs> yes. Uh, so anyways, a couple of the big takeaways for me is, number one, you know, I wasn't, like I said, I didn't come from another garage. I just had this idea in my head that I knew 
people like me that moved from these kind of suburban or rural towns into cities for work because they knew it was really good for whatever they were trying to do career-wise. Uh, and maybe they like to be able to, you know, have endless options of bars to have a beer at. Uh, <laughs> you know, I knew that there was a lot of people that were like-minded that wanted to work on their own stuff. So it's been fun. It's been validating in, in a sense that, yeah, okay, this, this does need to exist to do this with these guys and realize, yeah, there actually was a need for another one of these. And then coming here and meeting all of these people that have all these different bikes, I kind of like that we have a really big, you know, if you look around the shop, there's all sorts of different bikes around here. People do all sorts of different work. Actually, a couple of the members now are working together. Uh, and, and another funny thing too is uh, a few members have now kind of relocated closer to the shop to be able to get here and yeah, have more true. access, which that was never anything I thought about during all this. They fell in love with Red Hook because they had to make the trek down here, and they're like, oh, this area rules, because it does. I am dying to live in Red Hook. It's <laughs> very nice. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people spent enough, you know, we have members that maybe just mostly park their bike and do oil changes and things like that and go out for rides, but some of these members are here quite a bit because they have... We have our bike. daily members. There's people who yeah. are in here every, every day. day. And it's almost weird if, if, if you, you don't see them. For yeah. more than like one or two days. They, they either went away somewhere, right? yeah. they like went camping, or, or went back when we could travel, they went on a trip somewhere, or, they, or, some, or they, we might need to send someone to their apartment because they might, something might have happened. I will also say too, which I didn't think about this until I started looking around, is that this, I would say that 50% of our membership here are like first-time motorcycle owners slash riders yep. like yep. max uh, austin a, bu a bunch of people and next door there's a few dudes too there's a lot of people where these are the first bikes they just bought them they're trying to fix them because they're shitty when they bought them or customize them and so uh, yeah or they wanted to learn more right? yeah customize right and and it's uh, shit i didn't even think about that until right now yeah and um, that's actually and these aren't people that just joined this year. I mean, obviously, ridership is up a lot, this, yeah. or it's, it's going to be up a lot next year as people get licenses and all that. Much like when we go to rent an apartment, you go look at it, you want to go check it out. People come to the shop, they talk to whoever's here, uh, including members, but normally, you know, Noah or myself or, or Andrew or Davey before he, he left, whoever, at least one of us plus whoever else may be around the shop, and they get a sense for it, and they it seems like people seem to feel pretty welcomed. That being said, I will say, we do try to at least vet our membership a little bit because we, do. we don't want any jerks. And if yeah. you're going to be a jerk and you don't want to, you know, be friendly to your neighbors and you don't yep. want to, like, we don't really have many work. policies yeah. to adhere to, but, like, you cannot yeah. be a fucking asshole. You must, you cannot, you know. There's, Maybe we should put no... that explicitly in the membership agreement <laughs> I, I as a line it was item. There. Yeah. Maybe it is. I have to, yeah. like, I have to double check. Number but... one reason for expulsion is being an absolute fucking ass. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I mean, we do try to keep it so everyone feels comfortable. And even if it is your first bike and you have no idea how to use a, a you know, a wrench. You, we'll show you. you. Yeah, we'll show you. And if you break it, we'll buy another one. We'll ask you not to break it again. Clean the tools. When you're that's done. it. Put them back. Have fun. I won't mention any names or mention what bike it is in case he happens to listen to this. But someone recently um, had a motorcycle that may or may not have been his first one and um, had 
embarked upon a wiring project and has ne- does not know anything about wiring or switches or you know circuitry or what have you and he did some research and bought the right tools and watched a bunch of YouTube videos and I was there like when he just you know it's it's something simple you know to some people installing a starter button and a you know a kill switch is a very easy task but for someone who has never done shit on a bike it can be a little bit daunting and he changed some shit out and he fired up the bike and like was ecstatic and like fuck you can't i don't know i like that i like seeing that it's cool yeah. so we've definitely seen uh way more folks at the shop more often because there's just less everybody's not there's not socially distancing of course yes of course uh and it's been really fun to see a lot of these members be around the shop more, especially like during the height of the pandemic when people had been stuck in their apartments for weeks. All you could do is go get groceries essentially and or rebuild an engine or come down to the shop and rebuild <laughs> an engine and just, you know, it got the shop February 1st. So it's a little tough because you get the, you know, we get the space, we have to build it out. It's the winter. We got several members, but you know, it was a little slow. A lot of people weren't really working on, too many projects it was more just like i store my bike here i do routine maintenance or little stuff here and there and we've got you know we've got john over in the other bay that's pretty much always working on some sort of custom fabrication project uh and a lot of these guys have now taken on more you know they started by just doing bolt-on type stuff but then they saw other members working on more detailed projects uh, one member rebuilt an engine for the first time this past winter. I was here the day that he put everything back together. I, I gave him a hand with a couple of things just because, you know, you sometimes you need three or four hands when you're rebuilding an engine. And he was super, super excited about it and so happy. And it's been really fun to see a lot of these guys and girls working on their bikes at the shop more often, thinking about bigger and better projects. Uh, and that kind of speaks to what low tide is of promoting the community and whatever you want to do, whether it's really minor or something kind of crazy, we're going to try and support you as much as we can. Thank you guys. I appreciate the time. Of course. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You can check out our Instagram, which is low tide motors. We don't post a lot there. If you, if you want to reach out to us or you just want to come by and say hi or see some bikes, our doors always open. 